God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. that's right my name is scott adams you're listening to the scott adams show and i hope everybody had a good weekend i uh watched a good chunk of the donald trump rally in florence florence arizona and uh wow the crowd was huge and you know of course that i think tells the tale of where we are with this america first Agenda, And I like what I see in that everybody seems to be understanding that Trump is just one man, that America first policies is the key to success for Americans. And that that's exactly what Magapac and Bugle Call were all about. When we started, uh, because we were becoming a 501c3 in 2021, we were not allowed to endorse any specific, any one particular candidate. Otherwise, we would have had to been a 501c4 or a political action committee or something to that nature. So 501c3, uh, we are allowed to advocate for policy, but we are not allowed to endorse any specific candidate. And that's just part of the IRS rules if you want to be tax exempt and uh, receive donations that are uh, tax deductible. And we, we are that now. So we supported, we started, so if you go to org or buglecall.org, uh, basically it tells you what our mission is and what we support. And America First Policies is front and center. And we want to support any candidate that supports that supports uh, America First policies. And the candidates that aren't, the candidates that are falling short with that, surprisingly, are, you know, falling to the wayside. There's yet another uh, candidate that, uh, let's see, it was uh, GOP Representative John Katko, who in the last year, 
in the last year voted for impeaching Trump, uh, supported the J6 committee, removing, uh, he, he was instrumental in removing uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committees. He held Steve Bannon in contempt, and he's Biden's non-infrastructural bill. He supported. So today he announced his retirement. And so we're winning. What we're going to be left with is a bunch of, uh, what we're going to be left with is our conservatives. Like Roy Blunt, a Senate seat, is up for grabs uh, by a guy from Missouri that uh, was on Maria Bartiroma this past weekend. And uh, he's he's going to be saving that seat. So uh, that was Roy Blunt, who's a Republican, who's retiring. But in any case, um, what we're supporting is the America First agenda. We have to. And we need Donald Trump to lead the way, I think, because his leadership, he invented the American First policies, and he's the leader of the, the party by far. He's a natural-born leader. And when he held, holds a rally, he, it's, it's a great, great thing to, to witness. And that being said, you know, um, there's a lot of people that were concerned about Donald Trump and his position, his interview with Candace Owens and his position on the vaccines and he's been doubling down on the vaccines and so on and so forth. And that's been a little bit concerning for a lot of right-wing patriots. And so I've been reading where, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, one, one nice thing, like Molly McCann, she wrote this rally report. Trump has completely pivoted on the vaccine issue. He is touting children's immune systems. So that's good, right? Touting um, children's immune systems, condemning the mandates, and patting himself on the back for the therapies he pushed, not mentioning how great uh, uh, the vaccines are. This is very good. He needed to do this. This is what Molly McCann said. So, you know, basically... uh, Trump was going out there and he was basically pushing the vaccines and he was even maybe going as far as to throw a crack at someone like DeSantis. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this this montage. There's basically DC Shorts put it out. And the title of this uh, YouTube was Did Trump Take Aim at DeSantis Over the COVID Booster Shot? Because when DeSantis was asked the question about whether he had his boosters. He was basically uh, equivocating. And uh, and that, that wasn't such a, you know, well, that was, that was fine because he was basically saying, I'm not going to endorse boosters. I may or may not have taken them. It's none of your business. It's my own private health. But Donald Trump doubling down on the vaccines wasn't a welcome sign and a lot of people were uh, on the right were saddened to see that you know 
And some people even uh, threw Trump under the bus and said, enough, he, he, lost, he lost me. But of course, I say to them, why would you be so intolerant as to have a minor disagreement on one particular issue with the man that's been so great for America and then bail on him like that? And what are you going to do? You're going to vote for Hillary 3.0? What are you going to do? You're going to vote for Joe Biden? No. You're going to stand up and you're going to vote for Trump, whether what whatever his position is on vaccines anyway. So, you know, pipe it is what I would say to the patriots that want to bail on Trump because of his uh, position on vaccines. But I, I have something else to offer with respect to this, too. And we're going to follow the, the video, the audio clip that we're going to play. We're going to follow it up. But here's the thing that people need to understand. When Trump is walking a tightrope in the center stage, on the center tightrope, on the right wing center, is this. And I asked this question, and I think it's a really good question to ask. And I'm talking about any media outlet in the world. Name one media outlet in the world, whether it's France 24, whether it's British Broadcasting, you name it. Al Jazeera. Name one network, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting. Name one network. Name one media outlet. Name one news organization that has come out and, and endorsed an anti-vax, anti-vax approach. Name one. And then ask yourself, once you come up with that conclusion that there are none, once you come to the conclusion that there are no media outlets that are anti-vax, once you formulate that conclusion... Now, ask yourself if you're Donald Trump, who knows more about the media than just about anybody I know. He knows more about ratings than just about anybody I know. He knows how to win elections better than anyone I know because he won two of them. He didn't lose in 2020. He won in a landslide against all odds. But it was rigged, and there's no doubt about it. And that was the central theme of the Florence, Arizona rally. But name, <clears throat> but he knows about media. And one thing that you got to understand that Trump said was, Trump is not going to go against 100% of the world's media. So why take a position where 100%, and I've always said this, and I said it last week, I said it when it happened, when Trump was president, and when it came time for a showdown and a game of chicken with regard to government shutdowns and budgets, there was one where Trump was clearly on the winning side. And he played that hand all the way to the end and Chuck Schumer folded. And then it was uh, the second time around when I said, you know what? This one is going to bite Trump on the butt. And sure enough, that was a situation where he 
uh, Trump equivocated. He didn't fold, but he, he, he equivocated. He gave the Democrats something that he, they wanted. Uh, it was a milita- to get his military spending. I recall something like that. And so they got a lot of pork and, uh, as the, and they got a little gravy. And people were up in arms on the right complaining about Trump. I can't believe Trump sold out. But he understood that once he lose, lost his center right conservative media, which was Fox News at the time. Once he lost Fox News, he lost. Because he knows that the media is king. And if you lose 100% of your media, you're not on the right side of that issue. You can't sell it. You can't win it. And that's what this media censorship is all about, too. So we have to appreciate where Trump is. You know, I don't agree with everything Lindell stands for, but I sell his pillows, put Red State in as your code, and you get a discount, and it helps Red State Talk Radio, and it helps the Scott Adams show. And why not? Because I agree with most of what Lindell says and does. I just wish he was more effective in the courts, and I wish he didn't try to sell so much because it seems like he's exploiting an opportunity, media opportunity uh, to the hilt. I mean, there's a fine line as to how far you go with these things. But, you know, I appreciate right, right Side Broadcasting for airing the Trump rallies because no one else really wants to anymore. And so kudos to them for doing what they're doing. And we, we all together need to work together and not fight each other. And we need to unite as a party and not be divided over little issues like this and realize that there's a method to the madness and that the calculation is that Trump needs to keep the Q anons, he needs to keep the alt-right, he needs to keep the Lindell party, he needs to keep the wing of the party, he needs to keep the, the, the people that follow uh, Flynn and Patrick Byrne and all those people that I don't really agree with, um, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and all these jokers that I think are jokers. But hey, you know what? He needs to keep them all. He needs to keep the Republican elite in Washington intact. He needs to keep them all to win. And he understands that. But most importantly, if he's going to come out on the issue of vaccines, he's got to support the vaccines. Otherwise, he's admitting that he was wrong. And they'll eat him alive for that, like piranhas on a piece of flesh. And so he needs to say, you know, the vaccines were a great success. Because if he says they weren't, basically then everything he stood for in terms of his COVID position. And again, I think his COVID position was a result of Fauci and Pence and the task force railroading him. I don't think he would have ever really ended up in that same place if it wasn't for the fact that Fox News bailed on him. And it was an election year. And that he understood that this was a man-made virus used to win the election, steal the election, 
Take the election from him. Ruin his numbers. Tank his economy. And destroy everything that he built in order to level the playing field and then somehow get a, 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 a puppet like Biden rigged up by fake elections into the White House. And I think Trump understood all of that. I think there's only so much, though, that you could say without proof. Otherwise, you look like, you know, the, the, he understands the defense would be, the spin would be, oh, he's a crazy lunatic. He's a, he's a right-wing conspiracy. They say that that's their knee-jerk reaction to everything until what? Until where are we now? Until we're proven right. With the Russian hoax, the Ukraine call, the, co- the origins of COVID. I mean, we've been right about every single issue. And every single one of those issues, we've been called a conspiracy nut. And we were, we were right. Because it doesn't add up. And all these things are being decided by the left. You know, you got to understand, when the radical left right now is putting through a NASA bill, to try to get their H.R. 1 election rigging into a piece of legislation. You got you to gotta look at that and you got to say, why in the world are they so hell-bent on getting this election integrity in, in place? Why? And they insult black people. It's, it's uh, Martin Luther King Day, right? They insult black people every single step of the way by saying that the black people can't get a registration card and vote. Like they're incapable somehow. The white people can do it, but the black people can't, and it suppresses black people. That's ridiculously insulting to black people. And why black people don't stand up and say enough already? I want fair elections. And don't treat me like I'm some sort of a cripple. It's crazy. But we as a uh, right wing need to unite. So I did read that tweet and uh, it said, you know, the rally report was Trump is completely pivoted. Uh, I don't think it's completely pivoted is accurate on the vaccine issue. He is touting children's immune systems. Great. You know, immune systems are great. Children's immune systems are even greater. Condemning the mandates. Great. He's never been about mandates and patting himself on the back for the therapies he pushed. Not mentioning how great the vaccines are. And again, I think that's kind of silly too. But he's already on record as saying how great these vaccines are. Now, you and I don't agree with it, and that's fine. And when they say, did you get the vaccine? He says, yes. Did you get the booster? He says, yes. And that's okay. That's good on him. He could do that if he wants but don't disown him. Don't not love him anymore because he did that. And if he equivocates on that, they're going to eat him alive. They're going to say, yeah, you admitted that you were wrong finally. And that, that, that's number one. Number two, if he goes against the vaccines, he's going against 100% of the media outlets, which we know are liberally biased and not, not on our side. But he still has to play ball with them. He still has to make nice-nice with them. He still has to be their friend. 
And there's still that. So, but it is interesting. This video was put out and uh, I want to play it for you. It was an audio video. And so it's about Trump's position prior to the rally. And then in the rally, he really kind of nuanced his position on the vaccines. And I only bring this up because it was brought up to me by a lot of people I know, love, and respect in the radio business. And they were asking me, what do you think about this? What do you think? I swear, I, I promise you, that's that's happened. And I, I don't even understand why they were asking me in the way they were asking me. But I had about four different people ask me this question. What's your position on that? And I told them the same exact thing I just told you. Which was, he's got to play to the media. And the media is not your friend. But the media, there's not one media outlet in the world that is anti-vax. Now that might be changing because of in Australia, Jokovic has gotten deported or whatever. And I think people who are tennis lovers, who are mostly liberals, got to be upset about that about the mistreatment of Jokovic. They used him and abused him for a week and then pulled the rug out from underneath him. Shine shone a big light on the ridiculousness of Australia right now. But we are going to go ahead and take a listen to this audio clip. I know it's been a I've taken a long time to cue this up, but here it is. Or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken... So, so this is, you know, a bunch of... It's a medley of interviews, and they're asking Donald Trump about what's his view on the vaccines. Okay, let's take a listen again. On the vaccine in general. Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians... I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed, and one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. So what you, what, you, what you just heard there, and this is what got Donald Trump in trouble. Uh, what you just heard there, because they're going to flash forward and they're going to, um, you're going to hear DeSantis ask the question. And then he uh, basically didn't give an answer to that question about whether he got the booster or not. So Trump is, Trump is, and you got to go with Trump's winning record. And you got to say, Trump is hedging the bet that what he's saying is go against the media when it's 100% of it is aligned. When 100% of it is aligned with one position, you can't win. You got to go along with them it's Sun Tzu. You got to go with the flow. And it's it's also like in wrestling. You, you're always going to wrestle somebody that's stronger than you, but you got to use their strength against them. And and you got to play ball and you got to uh, play chess. So again, he's asked this question and then you're going to see the connection with DeSantis a little bit. And that's why it was interesting This in this rally over the weekend, Trump straightened this out. And one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. 
And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You got to say it. Have you gotten the booster? So uh, I've done whatever I did, the, the normal shot. And, you know, that at the end of the day is people's individual decisions about what they want to do. The vaccine. Has so, so he sort of like stuttered a little, right, DeSantis? And oh, I got the shot. I, she didn't, he didn't answer the question about whether he got the booster or not. Did you hear that? Uh, which is fine. Again, fine. But both of these guys who I love, DeSantis and Trump, are against the mandates. Has saved tens of millions of people throughout the world. Uh, I have had absolutely no side effects. I've had it like other people have had it, nothing special. Forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom, but at the same time, the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements. This is going to be Candace Owens. We would have had a 1917, remember the Spanish flu, killed perhaps 100 million people, came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. And yeah, we more say, people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah, under Joe Biden, right. than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how... Well, no, the vaccine worked, but yeah. some people aren't taking it. The ones, the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. Now, see, I don't believe that, do you? I, I don't believe that. But the mainstream media believes that, okay? Now, here's the wrinkle. The mainstream media believes this. 100% of the media believes this. So Trump decided, I th- I believe this is the case. This is my theory. I'm sticking to it. Is I believe Trump decided to take this vein or this line of narrative because he realizes that he doesn't want it's not a it's not a hill worth dying for. It's not it's not the battle you want to fight, right? You've heard that expression, like this is not a hill worth dying on, right? Because it's just a little equivocation there. And so, to me, it's a play, and I think it's a chess move, and I think it's a smart play. I don't necessarily believe he believe, but see, that's the thing. You know, it's the game of politics. And there are people out there that want to say, always, always speak your mind, be truthful, you know, do all these things perfectly like a Boy Scout. You can't. When you're slinging mud in D.C., in the sewer, you can't always play by the rules. And so Trump is actually being very calculating But the sad part is when I see the patriots who love Trump bail on him or get so mean and vicious against him without trying to understand what the move is. Okay, that's that's the part that's important. There is a move being played here and you've got to try to understand it and see it. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. Look, let me give it to you straight again. Omicron is serious, potentially deadly business for unvaccinated people. Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. And thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans, 
We led a rollout and made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms. So it says Trump very appreciative and surprised Biden acknowledged his administration's COVID vaccine Both the success. President and I are vaxxed. And, so uh, it's Bill O'Reilly now. Yes. I got it too. Okay, so... Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. There's a very tiny group over there. We got a vaccine done in less than... So when Tr- Trump was saying, don't, 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 some people were billing, and so... Nine months that was supposed to take from five to 12 years. Because of that vaccine, because of that vaccine, millions and millions of people, I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917, where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. Don't take it away from ourselves. You're playing that. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates. But take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. You know, listen to that part right there. Two things. Bill Gates, you don't know. Remember the 201 event that they had in October 2019 in the wake of of the leak that happened in August, September of 2019 in Wuhan. And you got to look at this and you got to say, maybe Trump did actually save 100 million lives. And maybe Bill Gates and his crew, that wanted to reduce the world's population, is upset. Maybe it wasn't as successful as they actually would have liked it to have been. Get your head around that. Think about that. Think about the idea of losing 100 million people worldwide and what that would have done for Bill Gates. That would have made him happy because he was the one on that audio clip that said new vaccines, reproductive services, and government health care could be all instrumental in reducing the world's population from 9 billion to 6.5 billion. Well, that's three and a half, that's two and a half billion uh, people, folks. A hundred million is a scratch in a bucket, a drop in the bucket. It's barely anything. And yet Trump may have cost, you know, may have prevented by his aggressive warp speed rollout and his effective leadership may have been instrumental because we see I believe that this COVID is sort of like ISIS. You could beat ISIS up in a day. And I think that this would easily have been beaten. I don't think the globalists want to beat it. I think they want to lose to it. I think that they want people to die. I think that they want to reduce the world's population. And if you question me on it, and that's fine, you can. You can say that's a loony... Uh, Looney Tune view. I have about five clips right now I can play for you of these radical liberals saying exactly that. Jane Goodall said population is a problem. Climate initiative people say population is a problem. They want to. They, they they believe that people are uh, warming the world, and it's going to kill us all. That's their belief. Bill Gates. I've played that clip over and over and over again about new vaccines, reproductive services, and 
government medicine being instrumental in reducing the world's population, which is a problem for him. So I can make that argument. It sounds as crazy, sounds crazy, but I can make that argument. And maybe it is that, you know, um, Joe Biden is failing on the southern border. I know it is because we played a clip of Joe Biden saying he wanted to change the demographics. And he was sitting there with Mayorkas in 2015. And I've played that clip a number of times. And so my point is, is that this, these failures aren't necessarily failures. Like the debacle in Afghanistan or the atrocities in Syria resulted in the refugee crisis that the globalists wanted to move those populations around and get that slave labor into their markets and to get those voters into their markets and to get that GDP up in their markets. Think about it. The corporations love it. The hotel chains love it. They get those linen workers and those maids and those cooks and those dishwashers and the farmers love it and they get those grape pickers and the gig economy loves it because they get those livery drivers, the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers. Come on, man. Think about it. Let's open our eyes for a second and think about what's going on, man. It's crazy. It just drives me nuts. But here's the thing. So I think that the open borders is a purposeful thing. I think it's success for them. How they're even pulling it off with a constitution like ours is because we have a Supreme Court that's feckless and spineless. And that's how they're pulling it off. They're getting away with murder. And here's the thing. Like ISIS, I said to I said this for years. ISIS is a bunch of pot-smoking hippies that you could beat in one day. It would take a week or two to beat ISIS. If we really wanted to get rid of them in a second, we could. But we funded them, financed them, because they were these guerrillas on the ground wreaking havoc in Syria, destabilizing neighboring countries of Israel. And that was what it was all about. They overthrew Mubarak, and got the Muslim Brotherhood leadership into Egypt for a while until that failed. They tried to overthrow Syria and destabilize the Assad kingdom, but Russia had too much of an interest in Syria. They killed and murdered Gaddafi to set up a gun-running operation out of Benghazi to fuel the guerrilla warfare in Syria and, and, and finance ISIS and uh, arm ISIS. And that all happened. That was all being done on purpose. And the Afghanistan crisis was, again, not another mistake. This was by design to get the refugees into Wisconsin and change the electorate or get the slave labor markets in Europe and elsewhere in America. And the open borders is the same thing. And I think that just as easily as we could have beat ISIS 
And Trump did. Trump didn't play those games. Trump beat ISIS in a second. And it wasn't even a problem. It didn't even make the news. I remember. Well, I think that COVID was probably, is probably just that easy. Why do you think it is that Dana White over the weekend with UFC 46 was asked the question about Joe Rogan? And I can't play the clip because he curses too much. And I get yelled at every time someone curses on the air. And then I get a bunch of emails uh, saying, oh, my can't, I can't believe you, you know, you let that guy curse on the air. I can't vet every curse word, but I will say this. Dana White was right. Joe Rogan came out and he said, as soon as you get the monoclonal antibodies, as soon as you get a test positive, don't wait in quarantine until you get sick and have to go to the hospital. Even when you're asymptomatic, if you test positive and you're asymptomatic, you get the antibodies, the monoclonal antibodies, and you get the ivermectin, you get the zinc pack, and you get the vitamin D, and you go gangbusters on it, even when you're asymptomatic. Don't play around. And you take that stuff, and you will beat it every time. His whole family got sick, Dana White's family, and he said, Joe Rogan, called Joe Rogan up, Joe Rogan said, this is what I did. And, as, and Dana White, just this past weekend, Saturday night, said that as soon as he came out with that, the Biden administration started to ration monoclonal antibodies. Because again, it was com- the common man, Joe Rogan and Dana White, two straight shooters that basically don't you know, care about what people think, I guess. I'm sure they do, but and they came out and they said, you know, they took this stuff. And that, then they started to ration it. The government took control of the monoclonal antibodies. It's almost as if they want COVID to kill people or they want to lose to COVID or they want COVID to be a problem all the way to the midterm elections. However you want to spin it. It's not good for the Republicans. It's not good for the middle class. People are still having to wear their masks. People are still having to show their vaccine passports, which is a gateway to social credit score systems. I mean, think about it. So my point is, is that I think that they're losing on purpose because otherwise they would be saying, get the sunshine, get the vitamin D, get the zinc, take the hydroxychloroquine, take the ivermectin, take that monoclonal antibodies. They'd be doing all of that, and they're not because they don't want to win against COVID. They want to drag this out. And so I believe that's what's going on here. I think they actually wanted to kill more people, and what Donald Trump just said, it's a huge success. He saved hundreds of millions of lives, and... Be proud of what he's done. And I think there's probably some truth to that. And I also think that the spin he's taken, the narrative and the line of choice he chose with regard to this vaccine narrative was designed to not go against the media that he couldn't beat. 
because 100% of the media is pro-vaccine. And that wasn't a hill worth dying on because you can't win if you can't enter the arena. If you can't get to the Oval Office, you can't win. You got to get there. And somehow, you can't get there if you die on a battlefield that wasn't instrumental or important. Let's take a let's let's listen to that one part again, and we'll continue with this. The vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got no. That's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. See now, people but are doing them again. To take the vaccine. <clears throat> if it doesn't work, you'll be the first to know. Okay. I'll call up Alabama and say, hey, you know what? But it is working. The big thing is what I've, and I've always felt it was the most important is the vaccine. The key was always going to be the vaccine. And it works incredibly well, 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. And it's really saving our country and it's saving, frankly, the world. Would you recommend to our audience that they get the vaccine then? I would. I would recommend it, and I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it, and a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. But, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms, and we have to uh, live by that. So I saw a caller call in, and I wasn't going to interrupt the uh, clip, but if you want to call back in, um, you're welcome to do so. Uh In any case, I I just think this is a really important issue because, again, I got like four calls over the weekend, uh, actually into last week, too. And I didn't bring it up on the radio because I I wasn't fully ready to uh, discuss the topic because I... uh, I wanted to... I just wanted to get my thoughts together on that. Uh, because I think it's a lot more complicated than than meets the eye. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. So we talked about Roy Blunt in Missouri. And he retired. And now his Senate seat is up for grabs. And Maria Bartiroma uh, was meeting up with uh, the replacement. And I'm going to give you his name in just a second. Um, but we'll, let's take a listen to uh, this exchange. It's about the, uh, this is the AG of Missouri that's running for Senate. And uh, the name slips me right now, but uh, he was talking about the Supreme Court cases and why it was such a big win. And that was another big issue that we ended the week on last week. And I, I just wanted to, uh, this was an interview that took place yesterday. So let's take a listen. And it's a big win for workers. It's a big win for the Constitution. It's a big win for the rule of law and individual freedom. I mean, people should be able to make these decisions themselves without being fired. Uh, OSHA was created to make sure, you know, forklifts beep when they back up, not force the, a medical procedure on 80 plus million Americans. And so that's a big win. And I also think it stands for a much larger proposition of these agencies. Uh, we can't let them, you know, run 
wild here. You can't try to fit an elephant into a mouse hole, as one of the justices said. Um, by the name, the, the person's name that's speaking is Eric Schmidt. He is the Missouri Attorney General, and he's running to replace... He's running for the Roy Blunt seat, who Roy Blunt is a Republican senator from Missouri that is, uh, has retired. Um, we can't cede this much authority to the federal government. America has been the freest country in the history of the world. We believe in individual rights. Uh, we believe that we spread out this power among the branches to protect individual freedom. And for those reasons, I think is a big win uh, last week from the court. You know, it's interesting because when President Biden first came out with that new rule that everybody had to be vaccinated at companies, 100 employees or more, Ted Cruz joined us. And the senator told us that he thought that Joe Biden knew that it was unconstitutional, but he just figured he would put it out there and uh, force companies' hand while it was abdicated. And now you've got the Biden administration encouraging businesses to ignore this judgment and enforce the vaccine mandate anyway. What does that say about this lawlessness that we are watching every day out of this administration? Well, it should come at no surprise, which is why AGs like me and others across the country have fought so hard to, you know, protect people's individual rights from a, a president that just wants to bulldoze the separation of powers and doesn't respect the rule of law. By the way, Maria, this is the same administration that is sicking the FBI on parents who are showing up to school board meetings in this country. This is about power and control. It always has been. Uh, it's not about data or science. It's about power and control, command and control. The left wants to make sure that they have an administrative state that you know issues these edicts and people have to follow it. But thankfully, we live in a country where the rule of law still matters, a system of federalism where the, cre the states created the federal government to be a government of limited powers. And we're gonna continue to fight back and push back against this president who just doesn't respect the rule of law. I want to get your take to the court voting five to four to uphold the requirements for health care workers at facilities that are receiving Medicare and Medicaid funds. What, what, if anything, can be done about that? And why do you think that Justices Roberts and Kavanaugh joined the three liberal judges on that one? You know, that's hard to that's hard to explain. But I would say this, that that fight is not over. We're going to continue to fight back on that. What they essentially did, that 5-4, is sent it back to the lower court for further briefing on the merits. So this was about the temporary halt there and whether or not that was yeah. going to remain. But they're going to send it back on the merits. And we're going to fight really hard because, look, we know a lot more about this than when the quote-unquote emergency rule was issued, you know, a few months ago. The other thing that's true, too, Marie, is one of the justices uh, mentioned that she didn't know much about rural America. Well, here in Flyover Country, here in Missouri, in the heart of the heartland, there are rural hospitals that are going to close. We've got labor issues, of course, in the medical field. Rural hospitals are going to close. Rural nursing homes are going to close. That, you know, brother or husband or father or grandfather that has dementia is going to get moved now yeah. to a facility that he's unfamiliar with. And so this is a fight about making sure people can get the care that they need. They don't have to travel hundreds of miles. So that fight is not over. We're going to continue to push back on that as those are further briefed in the Eighth Circuit and other places. And, and Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, his dissent, uh, we reacted to this, and we're going to play that soundbite when we come back. Let's slip in a short break. But I Yeah, so that was a pretty good—I I like the part where he said about rural America. And they're the ones struggling the most with respect to the uh, hospital workers. But the part that I didn't know until I listened to what he had to say, and this is the guy that— 
argue the case. And so this is why I thought this was important to play, is that uh, with regard to the nurses, that wasn't uh, that's not a loss out of hand. That's going to be put back to the circuit courts. It's going to be rehashed. Uh, so it was sent to a lower court. And I think that ultimately they're going to win there. And they're going to prevail, and then it's going to go back up to the court. So that was a subtle nuance that I uh, I, I just didn't know. So that was uh, kind of an important thing. Now, the other big issue, uh, the other big issue that we're going to be uh, talking about here in the tail end of our show is uh, uh, Project Veritas, because, uh, th- you know, this is kind of a... Fauci lied about the Project Veritas uh, documents, where Fauci said, we didn't know about those documents, we didn't, you know, um, we never saw those documents. That's what he said with regard to the Project Veritas uh, documents. But really what what Fauci has done, and um, I think it was uh, Jim Jordan said this, Fauci paid off, yeah, it was Jim Jordan that said this, where Fauci had paid off, awarded like $8.9 million to the people that changed their minds with regard to whether or not this stuff was gain of function or not. And lo and behold, they came out and said, this looks like it's man-made. Then they had this meeting. Then they changed their stripes on the issue. And then they got an 8.1, I think it was, or $8.9 million award grant uh, for funding. So that seems to me like a pay-to-play. But here's Project Veritas uh, talking about James O'Keefe. Well, uh, EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA, which is a division of the Department of Defense, and uh, uh, for this funding on the gain-of-function and it was rejected on the over safety concerns, which flies in direct opposition to Anthony Fauci's testimony. So we had a source come to us with these documents written by a Marine Corps Major, Joe Murphy is his name. We reached out to that Marine Corps Major for comment and uh, all of this was mentioned in the hearing. Fauci mentioned Project Veritas by name, but DARPA rejected uh, the proposal because it was too risky. They cited safety concerns. So the question remains, why did Fauci proceed with that gain-of-function research under NIAID when the Department of Defense thought it was too risky? Fauci also seemed to corroborate the authenticity of the documents in the hearing, but he sort of changed the subject and deflected. Obviously, the two uh, grants would have not been identical. So there are a lot of questions here, and uh, Fauci's in the hot seat after the story that came out on Monday. So, so how could he sit there under oath and say that the documents out of Project Veritas were distorted? Connect the dots for us. Well, it could be a deflection because the grant that was presented by EcoHealth Alliance to DARPA may not have been identical to the one that uh, Fauci proceeded with under NIAID. But there's no question these documents are real, Maria. I mean, we, we correct. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Fauci also splits hairs like that. Now, let's see if we can get this uh, soundbite from Jim Jordan really quick. Right, right. What, what was the Quinnipiac poll had his approval rating at 33%. I think the real question is, who are these 
I mean, who are they end up and, and project strength from the Oval Office? And then now you have Joe Biden where we get masks from China. And you I always go back to early on in this administration when our secretary of state was in Anchorage, Alaska, meeting with his counterpart and the treatment yeah. that Secretary Blinken allowed the Chinese to the, the lecture he got from them. That would never happen to Mike Pompeo in a President Trump administration. Mm. Pompeo, first, they wouldn't have tried it. And Maria, if they did do it, Mike would have got up and right here. Yes, Hold we on. definitely are. Uh, uh, Representative Comer, myself, Senator Paul, Senator Johnson, we are definitely if we if the American people put us back in charge, we are definitely going to do this because we now know without a doubt that uh, that Dr. Fauci knew on January 31st and February 1st <laughs> that this thing came from a lab. The top scientists in the country were saying it came from a lab. One scientist says we got the notes now from the conference call on February 1st. One scientist this says I don't see how this can happen in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. And yet just in a matter of days, they changed their position, write the, the article that appears in Nature Medicine magazine, which then gets cited in the now famous letter in the Lancet that became the gospel for the fact that Fauci can go out and tell people it didn't come from a lab when, in fact, they knew it did. And the interesting thing is, and we, we point this out right here. We just learned this last week. The two doctors who were most adamant that this thing came from a lab early on. One is Dr. Christian Anderson. On January 31st, 2020, he says this to Dr. Fauci in an email. He says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. So he knew it came from a lab, but they changed their position. And a few months later, yeah. guess what? They get $8.9 million grant, both him and Dr. Gary, the guy who said it couldn't happen naturally. They get they change their position yeah. and get an $8.9 million grant from Dr. Fauci. Bingo. <laughs> That's a gotcha moment right there, right? So we went back to House and we went back to Senate. And guess what? That gets Fauci goes to jail. So this ought to be the Fauci goes to jail 2022 election <laughs> and that's what's at stake folks it's this kind of stuff this cover-up stuff not only are they rigging the system i mean not only are they trying to control population but they're trying to profit from it too talk about greedy <laughs> greed is good in the democrat party but that brings us to the end of our show. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. A lot of you have off, and a lot of people are probably home uh, because of the winter storms on the East Coast. But uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>